Welcome to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. To learn more about hope and our weekend worship opportunities, visit hopechurchmemphis.com. Today's message comes from Senior Pastor Rufus Smith. Thank you, musical worship team. You're hired. You ever heard those words for a job that you really wanted? How'd that make you feel? You're hired. You're fired. You ever heard those words? Maybe you were being downsized or underperformance, furloughed. How did that make you feel? Just two words. You're hired, you're fired. You're accepted. I remember getting my first letter saying I was accepted into a university I wanted to go to. How did that make you feel? You're accepted. I hate you. Just three little words. Maybe they even used another four-letter word. I hate you. How did that make you feel? You're forgiven. You ever heard those words from somebody that you needed to hear them from, you're forgiven? Or maybe you said them to someone who needed to hear it from you. How did it make them feel? So this weekend, I'm talking about communicating through conflict. I know you don't have it, but it's for the person sitting next to you. How do you communicate through conflict and gossip? How do we deal with that? Because here's the sermon in a sentence. Here's the sermon in a sentence. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words hurt worse. They crush the spirit and prolong a person from living their best life. Let me repeat it again. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words hurt worse. They can crush a person's spirit and prolong them from living their best life. We need to be careful with our words. Remember that old nursery rhyme, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you, and be careful, little mouth, what you say. That's why the Word of God gives a lot of attention to words. We'll look at two passages here in Ephesians chapter 4. Let no unwholesome word come out of your mouth. But if there is any good word for edification, according to the need of the moment, say that, so that it will give grace to those who hear. And then Solomon, or the proverb writer, not necessarily Solomon, says this, where without wood, fire goes out. Without a gossip, 
conflict dies down. Communicating through conflict and through gossip. Communication experts tell us that 55% of our communication is really nonverbal. 38% is tonal, not what I say, but how I say it. 7% is content. So most of our communication is without words. Be careful how I communicate. But then secondly, conflict is inevitable, but not necessarily detrimental. Conflict is inevitable, but not necessarily detrimental. Why do we have conflict? Well, three reasons, really. We have an old sin nature, all of us. We come from different family backgrounds. And we have different personalities. Now, you put two people together, just two, with old sin natures, different backgrounds, and different personalities, and you are going to have conflict. Imagine if you put thousands together. So in a congregation, you have to be careful how we communicate because conflict is inevitable, but it does not have to be detrimental. My wife and I have been married a while, but it almost didn't last because of conflict. Old sin nature, different background, different personalities. Before I was in the pastoral ministry, I owned a small little construction company, interior decorations, drywall, uh, wallpaper and painting, staining, etc. Came home one evening, and she was getting ready to prepare dinner, and she had chicken legs and thighs in separate compartments, like chicken parts. You had to remember, I'd never seen chicken parts. When my mom cooked, it was a whole chicken. So I said, what's this? She said, this is chicken. See, I like the legs, she liked the breast. I said, um, where's the chicken? She said, well, this is the chicken. I said, well, aren't you gonna get a chicken? She said, no, these parts are fine. I said, well, my mama always used the whole chicken. She said, well, my mama always used chicken parts. All right, when you're getting the hole, stop digging, right? Not me. Mm -mm. I got in my truck, ran to the store, Randall's, that's a uh, store in, uh, in Houston, came back with a whole chicken, cut up the chicken, 10 parts, showed her how to, this is how you cut up a chicken, this is a chicken. She said, okay. We've been married 39 years. There have never been a whole chicken in my house since. <laughs> I'm loving chicken parts. <laughs> because conflict is inevitable. Because of old sin nature, different family backgrounds, and different personalities. You got to learn to work through it. You've got to learn to work through it. 
So let's talk a little bit about conflict and communicating through it, as well as this word called, called gossip. So there are, there are two wrong ways to communicate through conflict. The first is withdrawal, withdrawal or avoidance. The second one is winning, winning the argument at any cost. Withdrawal. Now, I'm not talking about withdrawing when we need to remove ourselves when conversation has gotten heated. I don't want to say something that I regret later to control my temper. I'm not talking about that. That's a good time to remove yourself till you can cool down. I'm talking about the withdrawal that I tend to do. That is, hold a grudge, soak, um, pity when an argument has not gone my way. Am I by myself? A lot of people withdraw in conflict. The old silent treatment. You know, I don't, I don't want to eat. My wife is just the opposite. She can have it out and then just say what you want for dinner. For me, I don't want to eat. <laughs> I'm nursing that grudge. <laughs> I'm withdrawing. <laughs> I go off to myself. That's not a good way to communicate through conflict. And then when, when in the, the argument, I just want to convince you, if you just listen to me, here are the facts, then you will be right too. Mm. Even at the cost of the relationship, some people insist on winning. That's not how you communicate through conflict. Let me ask you, what's your default? When you're not your best self, what's your default? You tend to withdraw or you want to win? Well, here are three wonderful ways to communicate through conflict and gossip. Three wonderful ways. The first one is compromise. I'm not going to say a whole lot about that uh, because that one is the most familiar. To compromise. Both people give up some of what they want to get some of what they want. That's something that many of us do well. But the second one is conciliate. Conciliate. This is when one person gives up their right to be right for the sake of the relationship. When one person gives up their right to be right for the sake of the relationship. Conciliation is the second highest form of communicating through conflict. Conciliate. Give you an example in the Bible. In Genesis 13, God had called Abraham from earth. He had been in the land for a while and God had blessed him, his cattle, his herds, his sheep. All of that was multiplying. In fact, Abraham was rich. And he brought along his nephew, Lot, who also got rich because of Uncle Abraham. And one day, their herdsmen were arguing and fighting among each other for water rights and land uh, where their herd could graze. And the word got back to Abraham that they were fighting 
They were arguing, quarreling one among the other. And this is what Abraham said to resolve the conflict, Genesis chapter 13. So Abraham said to Lot, please, let's not have what? Quarreling between you and me or between your husband and my husband since we are relatives. Isn't the whole land before you? Separate from me. And if you go to the left, I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I will go to the left. Now, Abraham had the land. It was God who made him the promises. He could have easily and rightfully said to Lot, listen, this is my land. God has blessed me, I have blessed you, you go over there. And he would have been within his rights, but he didn't do it. He said, Lot, we are relatives, like we are Jesus followers. We shouldn't be quarreling one among the other. Listen, if you go over there, I'll go over here. If you go over here, then I'll go over there. That's conciliation. It's giving up my right to be right because I believe the relationship is more important than me being right. That's a good place to say amen. We need it in our churches. We need it in our homes and our school campuses. We need it. Conciliation, the second highest form of resolving conflict. And there are many other examples throughout Scripture. What's your natural default? Compromise? Conciliate. Here's the third wonderful way, and it is the highest form. It's conquering. Conquering means that one or both persons admits they are wrong and act to change. One or both persons admit that they are wrong and then they act to change their behavior. That's conquering or confession. And it's uttering those three hard words. I am right. <laughs> now, I say that with no problem. But when I have to say, I am yeah. Somebody says sorry down here. Yeah. I don't like to do that. Even with my kids. Now, adults are never wrong with kids. We never have to say I'm wrong or sorry to kids, right? Tough. But here's conquering. Here's what Paul says in Colossians 3. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Keep that up for a minute. Let's read that again. Make allowance for each other's what? We all have them because we all have an old sin nature. And forgive anyone, not just the people you like, forgive anyone who offends you. Why? Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you have an option to forgive others. No, you must forgive others. Forgiveness is a choice. 
And so that's conquering our confession. What, what's your natural default when you're at your best self? Compromise, conciliation, or conquering? So the two wrong ways to communicate through conflict and gossip is withdrawal and winning. Three wonderful ways to communicate through conflict and gossip is compromise, conciliate, or conquer slash confess. Now here is the worst way to use words. The absolute worst way to use words is gossip. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Gossip. The proverb writer says, where there is no wood, fire goes out. Where there is no gossip, conflict disappears. So what is gossip? The Greek word means to whisper. It means to whisper. That's gossip. Whisper, to whisper a secret. That's what the word gossip is. It is to whisper a secret. Why, why are people whispering? Because they probably think they ought not be saying it. It means to whisper. Let's look at what Paul says in Romans. And I want you to notice the company that gossip keeps. Since they thought it was foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done, since they were determined to do it. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness. Now here are the wickedness. Sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and what? Do you want to be in that company? And yet we've all been guilty of whispering secrets. And it makes for great conflict. 2 Corinthians 12, 20 says this. For I'm afraid that when I come to you, I won't like what I find and you won't like my response. I'm afraid that I will find quarreling, jealousy, anger, selfishness, slander, and gossip, arrogance, and disorderly behavior. In the church of Jesus Christ, we have to be careful of resolving conflict and this word Gossip. Gossip, whispering secrets. Note also, gossip is whispering secrets that are true but without permission. It's whispering secrets that are true but without the permission of the other part. In other words, it's betraying a confidence. And that causes great conflict. The problem is, when I tell my confidant, 
And I say, look, now I, I, you can't say nothing. I'm telling you because I trust you. And I whisper a secret without the other person's confidence or permission. That's gossip. And the problem is my confidant has a confidant. And they go to them and say, now listen, I, I, I don't, you can't say nothing, but I'm, I, I was just told that. And then that confidant has a confidant. <laughs> you get the picture, right? Now, if y'all get quiet, I'm going to think you got a problem. <laughs> I'm trying to help us as a congregation in your family, your school, your work. Don't let gossip come to you. Do you have that permission to tell me that? No, I don't want to hear it. So it is whispering secrets that are true, but without the other person's permission. And then it is whispering secrets that are unverified, an unverified tale. I, 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 I don't, I heard. Now, don't hold me to it. I'm just telling you what I heard. You all not even, don't even say it. Right. <laughs> it's whispering secrets that are unverified. And here's the worst form of gossip. It is whispering secrets of misinformation or disinformation. Misinformation or disinformation. Got to be careful. It can be intentional or it can be ignorantly if I'm passing on information that I have not verified. Misinformation or disinformation can delve into gossip and cause a fire to spread. That's why the proverb writer says, where there is no wood, the fire of gossip goes out. And if it comes to you, let it stop right there and say to a person, no wood here. I don't mean no harm, you my, but if you don't have permission, then I don't want to hear it. If you have not verified it, I don't want to hear it. If it's misinformation or disinformation, I don't want to hear it because I want to live a life of peace and be pleasing in God's sight. Let me close with this story. Sarah was living in Germany in the late 1930s with her husband and two small children. Very bad situation for Jews living in that day. Times were getting worse. She wanted to get out of the country while she could with her family and escape the Nazi government. But there were no visas. Then word reached her that there were some visas that Jews could get from an office in Berlin. And so the next day, her husband had to work. She found someone to watch her two children, and Sarah boarded the train 
for an hour's ride one way in the heat to Berlin. When she arrived in Berlin, uh, she came to the office where the visas were available, and inside the building there were dozens and dozens of people in a hot, cramped room waiting for the same thing that she needed. A lone German bureaucrat sat at the desk, unmoved by the mass anxiety around him. He remained silent doing his paperwork dutifully and just ignored all the frustration. Hours and hours and hours passed and people suffered in silence and suddenly everyone heard the voice of the bureaucrat who said, no visas today, no visas today. His words brought instant heartbreak. Everyone went home hopeless. The shock of his words caused people to yell out their pent-up emotions. Complaint after complaint was voiced with raw anger, cruel words. But Sarah did something different. She walked up to the bureaucrat, leaned over his seat and said to him, I want to thank you for all your time. Have a good rest of the day. Then she walked out the door. Before she reached the stairway, she heard a man running towards her. It was the bureaucrat. He was holding pieces of paper in his hand. He said, I have visas for you. And that's how Sarah and her family escaped Nazi Germany because of 17 words full of grace. I want to thank you for all your time. Have a good rest of the day. That's what the Apostle Paul meant when he says, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that which is needful at the moment, say that. Words full of grace. Now I know it's hard to do. It's counterintuitive sometimes. But if you do it, God will honor you. He'll honor me. And when we blow it, guess what? We say those very difficult words. I am. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. Have you crushed someone with your words this week? Have I? Maybe I didn't intend it, but as you look back, have I crushed someone with my words this week, insensitive words, cruel words, this month, this year? Is the Lord bringing somebody to mind at church, at home, at work, at school? Who do I owe words of grace to? Who needs to hear words of grace from me this week? And when am I going to do it? Let's pray together. Oh, gracious God, our Father, we do thank you for your words toward us. They're words to heal, not to harm.
Would you help us to think through how we communicate through conflict and gossip? Help us to use only those words that are need, needful, necessary at the moment to say those and give words that edify and not debilitate, words that strengthen and not tear down, words like you would have us to say. And when we have blown it, as we certainly will with an old sin nature, help us to confess it. For the sake of the kingdom and the glory of the high king, we do pray and praise you. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hope Church Memphis podcast. I'm Daniel Oppenheisen, musical worship director. If you were encouraged by today's message, hit subscribe wherever you stream your podcast. To experience previous messages, videos, and our live worship service, visit our YouTube channel and follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.